0: Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM, KKNW. I'm your host, Evan Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I want to thank uh, Virtuous Healing uh, uh, Circles uh, for uh, supporting mothers uh, uh, this time around, uh, and all our other supporters out there. Uh, We've been on the air now, uh, wow, since 2014. And we want to thank everyone. Uh, And look like spring is just about here. I mean, it's almost officially, they say in a few it won't be long here probably by the time i'm off the air so i just want to just thank everyone uh and also uh, i'm going to talk about uh, my guest today is anwar peace he's going to be coming on around 2, uh, 2 20 it's over in spokane uh and uh, we're going to continue to be talking about what's happening around uh over in spokane uh and i'm going to give an update about what's happening in memphis right now last week i reported that the justice department is going to be looking at a pattern, of, uh, you know, civil rights violations, uh, I mean, a practice of um, a police side uh, misconduct, and those kinds of things. But uh, it, was, I, uh, it was a press conference today that the um, that that the uh, press conference was called by the black clergy uh, and the black clergy uh, in Memphis uh, faith leaders are calling for the DOJ to investigate a pattern and practice of uh, the uh, Memphis Police Department around racism. And uh, <laughs> uh, while uh, they're urging to use the Civil Rights uh, Department division uh, to uh, uh, to investigate the Justice Department, and, uh, and the Memphis Police Department. Uh, and they said, we don't believe that, that that's what's going on is going to come from the inside. Uh, we don't believe it's going to come from, from local authorities, is what uh, Reverend uh, uh Fisher, who's with the Abyssinia Baptist Church there, so the Black clergy collective of Memphis are now petitioning the, GO, the DOJ to conduct a pattern or practice uh, investigation, uh, and uh, these are the areas that they would look for them. would like for them to look into a harmful, harmful uh, police, harmful practices uh, within the police department, uh, arrest history. Detain protocol, civil rights complaints uh, and their resolutions, use of force and the uh, the potential loophole in in, in, in the policies. And one of the police officers, uh, Lieutenant Dwayne Smith, was able to retire with benefits before (laughs) potentially being fired for his involvement with Tyree Nichols at a traffic stop. Uh, and they're saying that they uh, we don't think anyone should be involved in the death of an unarmed civilian as part of law enforcement and should still be able to keep their pension. That's taxpayers money. Uh, uh, our picture said this officer was able this officer was able to manipulate and uh, and maneuver a process uh, that maintained that gave him his full benefits while the uh, Tyree uh, Nichols, or, uh, you know, family has buried him. So, uh, mother's really supports that. It's hard for them to come in with civil rights violation. They don't use that too much. I mean, really and truly. I mean, <clears throat> and finding all of that. So, we'll see. Uh, I, 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 they have a similar investigation, of course, in Brianna Taylor, uh, and uh, uh, Brianna Taylor, and they did one in Mike Mike, Mike Brown too, and of course in, uh, in Brianna Taylor there in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, I think you'll probably remember that in that case, the um, in that particular case, it was a no-knock no warrant. Uh, and they went and uh, and, those, uh, and she was shot to death there. So um, anyway, we'll see what happens there in Memphis. I do get the alerts from Memphis every day because I'm interested in Memphis. And one of the reasons why I'm so interested in Memphis is because of 58% Black officers. I mean, the, 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 the uh, police force 58 percent black and uh i know that memphis has a lot of problems there i mean and it's a lot of crime i i, I i'm sure i it's a lot of other things going on too but uh i watch it and it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of guns in the community like they are here um and i don't think anybody investigates where all these guns come from i mean are they all stolen guns Is somebody running guns in these communities I mean, like they used to be putting crack in the community. What is really happening? And I think we, as African Americans, have to really take some uh, take take some inventory. I mean, and be willing to talk about well, there's some stuff going on in our community that really is harmful. And I uh, and and uh, we have to look at the fact that a lot of times we don't we are not paying as much attention to one one part of the violence in the community as we pay to the other part of the violence in the community. And I know that the police are paid to, to protect and serve, uh, to uh, and protect, uh, and serve. And most of the times in our community, that doesn't always happen. But what is the escalation escalation of crime about? That's that, that's what that's, that's what's puzzling me. I mean, why? Uh, and I and I'm gonna do some more investigation in Memphis. I mean, I'm gonna look at the opportunities. What are the job opportunities there? What is the educational opportunity? And we know all across the country, educational systems are, are does not do a good job in uh, in getting African Americans our, our young our kids prepared for for the workforce. Or for uh, actually, a lot of times they just uh, don't do a good job, and that's what we have to say. And especially if the kids don't go to school, are ready for first grade, but knowing how to know, know how to write the ABCs and knowing how to you know knowing some basic things that uh, first graders should know if they've gone to kindergarten. And so the educational system is doing just what what, uh, what the Southern strategy wanted it to do, is to make sure that our kids wasn't educated because they didn't want integration. And so that is working. And so I'm going to find out just how is it working in Memphis? I mean, because with the news that I hear coming out of Memphis, uh, it's pretty dire. Uh and I I'm gonna find out. I like to find out what is the job opportunity. I think uh, FedEx is one of the biggest employees there, I believe. I think they have a they have a, a distribution plan uh place there in uh, in Memphis. And I did hear that they're gonna be laying off some people. So I mean, how is that gonna impact the local economy, especially around African Americans? And you know, and then in the right in the south in Memphis, and all the southern states you have a right to work for nothing. So that means that the wages are low and they are probably not fair. I mean, it means that white uh, white Person working next to you doing the same work, I uh, this can be paid a different wage. That's also what that right to work means. I mean, it means you got a right to work for nothing, and that's <laughs> that's really what happens uh, in these places. It's not funny. Uh, it's economic uh, apartheid, <laughs> uh, and uh, we've always experienced that. But we found a way. We found some ways to get around that. I mean, uh, I mean, sports have been one of those ways because we. As my sons, as on my former converged media would say, we gave up the only sports we ever uh, owned to integrate, and it was baseball, because it was segregated. And you had to have, you had to own all the means of having a baseball team. You had to have a a field, a diamond. You had to have a stadium. You had to have people, you had to sell concessions. So you had to hire people. So that meant that wherever was a baseball team uh, in a segregated Black community, it brought in Resources, it brought in revenue. All the things they say today. Those places who had a baseball stadium and part of the Negro League had some had some economic development coming in, and uh, uh, and so we gave that up to integrate, and uh, and uh, things have not been uh, well. I can say for a fact that uh, we don't have our children's minds like they did before. Our children's minds. Or someplace else and uh, and social engineering on some level is really working detrimental to our young people I mean because it is a lot of opportunity but you have to look about it you have to know about it and look for it sometimes it's not out in and in, in in your face a lot of times it uh, it's hidden but you have to investigate that's what I used to do all the time. I mean, like for for my kids to go to camp, I started looking for camperships in January. They always went to camp and they always went back to back. They never spent a summer in Seattle until they started working. And then I got some little jobs for them and they were working. But uh, otherwise, they had camperships and they were gone out of the city. So I'll keep you abreast about Memphis uh, every week. I'm going to get more information. I mean, because also, I think they they, they probably need to investigate the, uh, those deaths in cust- custody's, because ten people died in jail last year uh, in Memphis, and um, so what? So also, the jail is a problem. Uh, unless people get beat up so bad when they get to the jail, they just die. So don't I don't know I don't know the stats and the research on that, but I will be looking for it. So that's my update about Memphis. Uh, so. I want to just, before I bring on my next guest, I want to talk a little bit about spring. I love spring. I love spring and fall. You know why I love spring? Because right now it's going to be a thousand shades of green. Every plant almost have a different shade of green. I am an artist too. Most people don't know that. I'm a watercolorist. I am an abstract artist. I have a little book with my, I have a book with some of my artwork in, uh, and it's called The uh, Repetition Journalist journaling how to create a new group in your subconscious mind through journaling and uh it's a very little small book and it has a has about 21 of my uh, uh abstract art uh art in the book so um i love to paint i haven't painted in a while but when i do i i paint for a while i had a gal i had a, a studio on belt Bainbridge Island. for people who don't know where that is that's a Across the uh, Puget Sound, (laughs) Uh, and I would go over there uh, all the time in the summer. And uh, what I love about the greens is that green is one of the most healing colors. Uh, The two prolific colors in the uh, in the universe are green uh, and blue. The sky, the the sky uh, that is blue. And so, um, I've been painting now for about oh, almost twenty years. I've been painting. I did have a gallery called Walden's Art Gallery. I didn't get introduced as, a ga- as an artist, though, because I was always bringing other artists in. And I had a gallery for about a year, um, but most people don't know that I'm an artist. <laughs> uh, so I will get, get me, uh, get. Um, I need to have an exhibit. I'm an abstract artist. I love to put mixed uh, unusual colors together. And springtime brings out that joy in me to be able to do that. I've um it's enough people who do people places and barns. I don't do people places or barns. Like I say, I'm an abstract artist and I and I just love that. And I and the and green is so healing. It, it really is. The greens and the yellows are um are so healing and um and I just love so, so I want you to be I want to use your keen eye very keen I want you to look at your keen eye and observe the different greens that you're going to see on the different, all the different plants. And then by June, they're all the same. So, so get that little keen eye out that you might not have had since you were a kid, you know, looking for <laughs> three, four-leaf clover. So use that eye. When you use that eye, you will see the different shades of green. They're very pronounced on the freeway when you're driving down the freeway, uh, if you can just kind of look out the corner of your eye, while you keep your eyes on the traffic, uh, you will notice. And this is the beauty of the earth. This is the beauty of creation uh, and how, how the earth was created. And it's just it's just astonishing um, to see this beauty. Uh, and another reason why I love spring, because let me tell you, I'm from Florida and you get summer and fall. You just get summer and winter. <laughs> Very seldom do you get uh, spring and fall. Uh, and so you just come to a place where spring is so pronounced it's like wow this is so beautiful and then as a child I got National Geographics and they always would have plants on there from the Netherlands and uh, all, of, all, all of those countries and um, and they would have lots of my favorite flower daffodils and of uh, course daffodils don't grow in the Florida I mean that they might get they might get shipped in, <laughs> but uh the latitude is too warm and here uh in, in uh in the Pacific Northwest, I can look out of my window uh and then I can see daffodils and people' shards and um uh, uh and then I go by the park on the side of the freeway, and you know I love daffodils so much because to me it's a sign of eternity, it's like I've made it through a long winter. I I like saying, I like that. It's like it's like a symbol, you know. It's like wow, because a lot of people didn't. You know, COVID has taken a real hit on on our, in our communities and around the country, and uh, and and so many people who started out uh, even in January, uh, I did not make it to see spring. So, I my 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 uh, my virtue is always one of gratitude, and awe and beauty, and I'm just so inspired. By this time of year, and just now, get your keen eye on, make sure you look at, yeah, make sure you look out and observe and uh, and especially if you're a gardener, you know exactly what I'm talking about if you're a gardener. I'm not a gardener, uh, but I know a lot of people who are gardeners and uh, I love to go, I love to go see flowers uh, and I post flowers every day on my Facebook page. It's called uh, my beauty break. I think we all need a beauty break every day, because all that's going on in the world, we have to have a beauty break. And if you happen to be a gardener, I know you just can't wait to get out in your yard. I know Nancy Cochran, I, I that uh, she's over at the, i uh, at the memorial, um, uh, at the Tower Memorial Spiritual Center, uh, uh, church there. She's a gardener. Uh, and I know another friend of the garden Estemaphy is a gardener, so I know some gardeners and uh, I know that i know that they'll be out at the uh flower store getting the the nursery getting uh getting the red ready for spring so uh, again I'm gonna mention that keen eye. Cause you know you got to have a childlike vision to see this different shades of green. Really, you have to let your child come out. You know, the little child that's inside you always got sitting in the corner. <laughs> you got to bring that little child out of the corner, uh, and 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 look through the that keen eye of a child, and you will see definitely all of that green, all of that beauty. Uh, and uh, next time we're and I mean, you might even send me an email. You might even you might be so inspired to go get you some paint. You know, I'm just abstract. You know, I just throw paper, I just put paint I paint on the paper. <laughs> I don't have to be perfect at being the abstract. I don't have to be in the lines. I don't do people, places or barns. <laughs> I just have some fun with paint. So all right, so this is this is this is your this is your uh, your cue to uh, to be a child uh, like and uh, get out there and uh, see all that green and, and enjoy spring. Because you know, summer and spring never last as long as winter. So we have to be prepared for this. I'm going to take a break right now. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on at 11:50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden.
1: The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for wisdom and wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com. Healing.com today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on
0: Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K.'s Attuning to Your Abundance, where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact Dr. K Workshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice show at on 1150 AM. KKN KKNW. I'm your host, Rev. Walden. It's my joy to be on there. Thanks, I think all my supporters. I want to bring my guest in <laughs> from Spokane. His name is Onwar Peace. I've been knowing him for a while. I mean, I just love interviewing people that I know. I mean, I love interviewing other people too but it just give you a little joy. So how are you? Welcome. Welcome to Mother's Justice Show first timer.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much uh Reverend Walden. It is an honor to be on your show. Um and it's uh also an honor to be in your space. Uh, I remember uh when I first started becoming an activist over in Seattle uh you uh, were very inspirational on how I went forward with my activism. So this is quite a, a, a delight being on your show today.
0: Well, thank you so much. So you're going to have an opportunity to tell my uh, listening audience, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, who you are, what drove, what uh, brought you to this work, because uh, nobody plans. We don't write a, a we don't write a, a business plan on how to be an activist. And so, you, know, you don't go to the bank and get a loan. <laughs> no. uh, you don't have a business plan and nobody's going to tweak it for you and tell you how to write it. You <laughs> know, uh, We'll get drafted in this work. So uh, how did you get drafted in this work?
2: <laughs> so about 22 years ago, um, while I was living over in Seattle, I watched on live TV uh, David John Walker. That's cool by police. Um, And that experience for me touched me because a few years before that I had been beaten severely by two off duty Seattle police officers in Victor Steinberg Park. Right. So when I saw David Walker um, uh, get shot to death on live TV, um, I curled up in a ball for two and a half hours and uh, cried. And um, after that, process uh, and all those snot bubbles were over with I stood up from that and I decided I needed to stand up for folks like David and like myself um, and uh, start uh, holding police accountable for their actions and so um, I started a lone wolf campaign of uh, trying to communicate with the Seattle Police Department um, mainly because at that time Um, uh, David's death would happen to be the fourth African-American that was killed by Seattle police in a four-year period. We just had a new police chief that was coming into town, Chief Gil Kulikowski. And I was hopeful that um, that chief was going to uh, be receptive uh, to issues relating to officer involved shootings. Um, And as it turns out, the chief was not. And thus uh produced a, a long legal battle between me and him where he felt like my voice needed to be silenced through a restraining order that wow. literally prevented me from giving testimony to city council um in Seattle. And so we had to on
0: what what uh, grounds was he able to get a restraining order against you?
2: He felt that uh uh my uh my comments were concerning um mainly because i kept popping up in public where he was at trying to ask questions like why do your department keep killing black men and so he felt (laughs) that that was um, concerning behavior and so he utilized uh, police resources um, to uh, get this restraining order to take place Um, i had a really talented uh, attorney paul richmond Um, Oh, I remember,
0: Paul. I remember, Paul. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it was with my side um, through this process, and we took it all the way to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And by the the time that the uh, Ninth Circuit got it, um, the restraining order was about to be lapsed. And so um, we never did get an actual ruling since uh, they felt it was going to be moot by the time that they rolled
0: on it. And wow so, so so did you go did you go to, to you went through the appellate court too or you just went straight to the supreme court
2: oh no we went all throughout we the, all, the, all the way all the, the way places, through the whole I didn't get that process
0: part. yeah i didn't and my, the appellate i got stopped at the appellate for my case so when i sued the city for beating up my kids wow i mean that's pretty cool Did you went through the appellate i mean you made it through that piece yeah Wow. Yeah, I
2: actually had to get a, another uh, uh, attorney for the appell process uh, that was skilled in that. Um, William Crinton, um, and so he did some phenomenal work. Um, but basically what the police chief was trying to do was he was trying to stop me mm-hmm. from communicating to the city council and to the press about the bizarre behavior of um, Seattle police officers at that point, and the lack of accountability that the chief was uh, uh, showing the public through the lack of discipline. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that uh, that was a very interesting process, and uh, uh, it uh, it allowed uh, for me to uh, uh, get to understand the legal system more in depth. As well as being able to fight for your rights, um, this restraining order was uh, stopping my First Amendment rights to communicate. Um, literally, the restraining order prevented me to from driving down I five because the police chief's office was right next to I five, and literally, I'd be in violation of. Uh, really? Action. Yeah, I couldn't go wow. to city hall.
0: Um, so so that sort of restricted the because city hall is right across the street.
2: Exactly. Wow. Well, and you so, know what?
0: I just I just think more people need to know about this. Do I mean have you ever written about it? I mean, I I think I I believe, I think that this is this is overreaching of a police uh, uh, power. Yeah. What happened to overreaching of a police chief's power. And it
2: was very fascinating having the police chief get on the witness stand and tell. Uh, the uh, jury that um, he did feel that I was a threat, even though he never had to produce his weapon on me or anything, uh, but he still maintained this aspect of I was somehow scary. I was somehow a bad guy, and my last name but is. You Pete.
0: didn't have big hair then. I mean, no, I didn't have big hair. I mean, because when I have, you know, when I have my natural, when I have my business, I, you know, I walk into the facilities that I would serve and my European-Americans, elderly couple, people, they would always jump. And uh, and that's always just hairy. I mean, because big hair is associated with being a savage. See, that's that's mm-hmm. what that's about. Civilized people don't have big hair, so... <laughs>
2: Yeah, when I was over in Seattle, we usually rocked the clean-shaven head. Um, yeah,
0: last time I saw you, you—you you know, I mean, no big hair there,
2: <laughs> and you didn't even have
0: big hair then. How could you yeah. be a threat without big, not having big hair? Oh, and you didn't have a bow tie on because you know, I mean, the, the Muslim, the nation of Islam, can scare them with just a bow tie. So, <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. No, the the I think the scariest thing for the chief was that. Every time that I came at him, I came at him with facts and figures relating to his department. Um, Incidences that happened, the number of rate of arrests uh, of African-Americans versus those of whites. Uh, Every time that I was uh, trying to communicate with the chief, um, it was about facts and figures. And I guess that scares them for some reason. Um, but I'm going to keep utilizing um, their own facts and figures that they produce. That we, as public, hey, we get
0: right? right we, yeah, we pay yeah. for that because they're hey. they're not perfect servants. We need to call them public employees. That's yeah. my new word. They're public employees. They they work for us. So yeah.
2: And so you know, I was really um, I was really grateful um, uh, once the Department of Justice did come into Seattle. Because it really validified uh what I was talking about for so long. Um, standing on those street corners all by myself with a logo. Yeah, program. that's I remember
0: <laughs> that. I remember that. <laughs> uh, you, you know, know
2: hey. you remember yeah. I used to wear that target sign on my chest, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. this is how police look at us. <laughs> yeah. Um, well I also I, remember seeing you in Starbucks many years ago when you were trying to recover uh, 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 that from your injuries that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that, uh, you had suffered at the hands of off the off to the police officers. Yeah. I remember that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why now I'm rocking the Afro now is because I can, um, for so many years, I wasn't able to, um, because, um, because of that incident with those off-duty officers. Uh, at that time, I had um, longish hair, like I do now, and um, those officers utilized uh, my hair as a, a, a restraint technique, and they actually ripped clump, clumps of my hair out. Oh, bless your heart, yeah. And just, just so, so, so
0: violent, both. you know? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, so violent. You know, and, so and, had and, bald and, spots. and well, you were charged with a crime, too, were you not?
2: um yes i was
0: okay because they never touch you unless they are charging you with a crime i mean yeah they,
2: <laughs> it was uh uh being in the park after dark
0: <laughs> oh negro in park after dark
2: yes and okay. and, and I remember mean, but, the,
0: but you could be in there till 10 o'clock for 10 p.m it's what they say you know that's remember the
2: key say. word of this to off duty right See, yep. yes officers. Right. Off-duty. they had no authority to actually right arrest me um and uh and so you know it's it's well i inter- mean they would
0: have authority if they sought you in the commission of a crime but not to be in a exactly. park yeah they do exactly. not have authority for that that's for sure exactly right, right. Mm-hmm. and yeah. so
2: it's interesting how divine order works um because probably about 10 years after that incident i was at a open house at the west precinct um, and I happened to see one of those officers, uh, working in the armory, um, and I went up to him and, uh, now mind you, I've been looking for these officers for the past 10 years to give them a piece of my mind, I uh-huh. hadn't been to find him. And so this was the first time I've been able to see this officer. And, um, so I walked up to him and I was like, you know, I just wanted to tell you officer, um, A few years ago, uh, we interacted, and I just want to let you know, you helped change my life. He was like all proud of himself. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's, you know, it's an honor (laughs) to serve the community. What he didn't know was that he helped change my life because my trajectory of my life at that time was doing, you know, going to get credit cards and, you know, uh, get a career and be an audiovisual person. And. You know working concerts and whatnot no once that beating took place and david john walker took place that's when i became an activist and i dedicated my life to now changing how what took place and so that officer he might feel great that he um, helped change my life but he actually was the actual source of me becoming a police accountability activist Yeah.
0: Well, um, boy, and, and like I say, we get drafted, you know. I mean, you, you, didn't write, you did not write a business plan. If so, you'd left some of those things out. <laughs> this is the work that we get drafted in. I mean, it's something that always happens. I, I mean, it's, the way, it's different ways that people get radicalized. Some, sometimes it's around a, a healthcare issue, around an unfair treatment of their parents or something uh, in a hospital. Uh, And then all of a sudden, people's lives are, they're radicalized. I mean, a lot of times for Black people, it's about how their children was treated at school. You know, especially the integration. You know, our children are not treated fair. You know, they walk into a hostile building every day, uh, and they're expected to learn around all that hostility. I don't know what that's like. I never had a white teacher in my life. I mean, I never went out. We sung Lift Every Voice and Sing every day. Like we were singing that the day our children would be so more, so more, a lot more successful, even if they were going out in these old buildings. So I don't know, I don't know what that world looks like. Uh, I, 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 but I do know it's hostile for us. It's hostile for us, and I, uh, and um, uh, and we sometimes we'd be looking for a safety zone. I I often tell my friends that we have known no safety since we got captured. I, I mean, we've lived a whole lifetime, our ancestors, and we've lived a whole lifetime. With our nervous system on fight or flight, because we never be able to calm down. And so, when you talk talk about all these co- comorbidities, nobody tell you how you get these comorbidities. But fight or flight, fight or flight, uh, 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 fight and flight on the, on the nervous system. So you're supposed to run from the tiger and get inside and get safe. And then you and then all your systems go back to normal. <laughs> But when we get inside the room, the tiger is there too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Then we get back outside, the tiger is there. So <laughs> it's just the grace of God that we keeps going. But uh it's not funny, but uh it's 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 a journey. Uh and uh, you're on the road. I mean, and uh, I had no idea I'd still be doing this work. I mean, really, I mean it's she where it's 33 years, you know, it's like, hey, we're looking for that. And the way that we organize, a lot of people don't organize the way we do. We organize, we stay, we're collaborators, so we stay. You know, we don't take our marbles and go home. I mean, I've worked with every chief. Fish Simon was the most uh, uh, <laughs> chauvinist. He told us, you little women don't have no husbands. So y'all need some husbands. <laughs> if y'all had some husbands, you wouldn't be out making no trouble. Oh, yeah, but one thing about them, um, they protect their own, mm-hmm. and we have to learn how to protect our own, starting with our children. They absolutely protect their own. I mean, like I read about Memphis, and you probably wouldn't known then, but um, I mean, the, the the Black clergy is asking for a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, they're asking, they're asking for the Department of Justice to investigate the civil rights issues of, you know, part of, uh, you know all, all of the other stuff that was going on there. I mean, and what's so horrible about Memphis is 58% Black police officers. Yeah. You know, So, hey, so there's a culture of violence and also a culture of not liking one another. I mean, so so we have a two-way whammy here. You know, you have Black classism. <laughs> you might not know about it because you might have lived your whole life in the Pacific Northwest, but other people in other areas know about Black classism. I mean, this here in Seattle, too. I'm probably probably in Spokane, you know.
2: <laughs> I think... The 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 issue with the the Nichols case and you know DOJ, you know I every community I think deserves DOJ coming in town and looking at every one of these police departments because every one of these police departments there is trouble there is oh, yeah. trouble brewing in these police departments and the aspect that this has been kept a little known secret of our society is we let bad people hold positions of power and we'll just let them continue to have their jobs just because they're so good at creating order in the world, right?
0: (laughs) They're so good good of oppression. Yeah, that order is
2: harming folks and those folks are mostly you know, my skin complexion or yours, or even just a skin complexion that shows that they don't have money, right? Because right. it's also an economic oppression that they do.
0: Oh, yeah, well, well, it's a issue of class and race. For uh-huh. us, it's race, sometimes class, but uh, in, in, in Memphis, it might be race, it might be class. It might be class in Memphis. I, 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 I sense the police force is 58% Black, but in other places, it's race and class. You know, I'm poor people in Spokane and Okanagan and and all of those places, I, I you know, having a different form of policing, also, you know. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and yeah.
2: you know, as as far as you know, Spokane is concerned, you know, the troubling aspect here is, uh, Spokane Police Department is the fourth deadliest police force in the nation. Get out. What? So you yep. better
0: say that again for my for my listeners. Come it's on, the, bro,
2: say the, it again. Okan Police Department is the fourth deadliest police force in the nation, according to Mapping Police Violence organization. Wow! Yeah. And what's interesting is uh, back in September, we actually jumped up to number two for a second there.
0: I mean, so you're doing <laughs> Seattle
2: over here? Wow. And yes, and that's the curious thing. Seattle doesn't even uh, track on that chart. So, uh, but what I can tell you is that since 2015, eight, 18 folks have died here um, through officer involved of, of fatalities. Um, and, you know, we just had a, a, a police a, 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 a lawsuit that was filed by an impacted family um because uh their family member was killed by Spokane police and the city settled for four million dollars wow and I uh, the family was actually going to be asking for 27 million dollars um wow so the curious thing is when the settlement four million dollar settlement you think that that that's that's big money right no, it's not. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, not to the police chief because when he was asked about whether or not um, this large settlement would would change um, his department and he would consider police reforms, he's like, "No, nope, we've got nothing to change. We're doing
0: really.
2: Right.
0: Nope. Yep. City council backs this guy. Eh? Oh yes. And oh, so yeah. Yeah.
2: The, the issue of that settlement." really calls into question about what is taking place here in Spokane because um, some of the same officers that were involved uh, with that situation in 2019, just this past year, shot another person in a similar or worse situation than um, the situation that uh, was settled for back in 2019.
0: Um, Wow. Well, let's take take a break right here because I want to come back and talk about multiple shooters. So that's what you get into. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. you listen to The Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM on KKNW. I'll be right back. Thanks.
1: The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for wisdom and wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today.
0: Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show in on 1150 AM. Take care. I'm your host, from Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. You know I love it. I'm going to bring back my guests from Spokane, way over yonder in Spokane, Washington, <laughs> from Seattle. I'm um, Anwar um, Peace. I, I He's an activist. I, I He was drafted to do this work, uh, uh, and I've been doing it for a while. Welcome back.
2: Thank you so much, and 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 Spokane is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. It so. is, and, and you
0: know, it's it's beautiful for on that forty-five minute flight. I've taken that twice over there because I was over there with the PL, the Peace and Justice League, to do something, and that and it was like, oh, why would I ever drive again? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so cool, yeah, yeah. Well, welcome in. So that's just uh, you know, you want to just um, we want to talk about a minute about multiple shooters because uh, they own every force and die. Uh, then you could lead into the other thing that you, you what to you really want to talk about <laughs> yeah
2: definitely you know the the issue of multiple shooters is a serious issue um mm-hmm. i've gone back to um, 1994 here in spokane and since then about 62 people have died by officer involved fatalities and when you start looking at the names of the officers, you see a clear pattern of officers right. that continuously uh, kill uh, nonstop. And what's it, very interesting is back in the 90s, the turnaround time of these officers getting back on the streets and yes, it
0: was, shorter. It
2: was way shorter, like yeah. in, in, which resulted in quicker deaths and whatnot. And so... Uh, this is definitely an issue that, um, is, is very, uh, very alarming is that we have officers that are not only, uh, multiple shooters, but also, um, frequent flyers in the complaint process as well for wow. using, um, force that's unnecessary. Wow. These issues alone, are uh, one of the reasons why we continue to stay as the fourth deadliest police force in the nation here in Spokane.
0: Well, I, I can understand it's... that. I mean, really, I did not know this piece about about Spokane, um, and, and you have no, you have no, you have no will of the leadership in, at the top to actually no, do it and in, not to change anything.
2: In in fact, uh, it's curious you bring that up. Uh, I was just at City Hall today with a. Uh, um, various different uh, community organizations, one of them um, being Spokane Community Against Racism, SCAR. And we held a press conference today demanding the resignation of the police chief um, here in Spokane, Police Chief Craig Midell. Over the past couple of weeks, the press has released emails with the police chief that show that he has a very cozy business or close relationship with the business community here. And in fact, the business community contacts them to get direct police service um, as opposed to calling 911 for police service.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And not only that, there's the whole batch of emails to show a whole uh, aspect of the chief trying to politically target um, uh, activists as well as our only black city council member here. um, The police chief was to target uh, them with a smear campaign and wow. so that's one of the reasons why today um, the spokane um, community is has called on the chief's resignation
0: wow well that 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 really is something and but all these people are, are in the mega hat uh, camp see And they all want to make america great again you know the police is the only job uh, that you can have you can have multiple shootings on your record You go on, you go on a two or three, four month vacation and you get your job back. If a doctor at a hospital was losing so many patients at the wild, the the hospital would have, you know, have to take his license, take his privilege away. They can't, you can't you can't practice your medicine at this hospital. It might take a while. I mean, and then when the university, of Washington children, university, children, hospital, had this, this uh, I, I, uh, it had a problem out there with mold. Uh, and they tried to deny it after, but they were in trouble gonna lose their accreditation. They had to hurry up and find that mold. I think one or two children might've lost their lives, but there was another hammer. Okay, because if you lose your accreditation, there's your funding uh, and all kinds of stuff. If you lose your privilege as a doctor from one hospital, another hospital might say, okay, no, here, not here. But it's nothing happens to officers. No. They can be multiple shooters. They could be multiple <laughs> freedom flyers, as you say, with complaints, and they get to stay while we you, pay them.
2: The you. example I gave earlier of David Walker. Yes. That that officer that um, killed yes. him. Oh, yes. Officer Tommy, Tommy Gunn Duran.
0: Yes, that that's was right.
2: Name. That was that's his right. nickname, Tommy that's Gunn. Right.
0: That's um, right, that's right. He
2: was a multiple shooter as well. He was well. a multiple
0: he, shooter and they gave him a somebody. prize that year. That they killed he, killed he killed David Walker. He got a prize. Killer what a killer, a, you know, killer negro get a prize. Yep. He got the officer of the year. In
2: and, if and, and, but before that, he had killed somebody a few years before David or he had shot somebody a few years before David. The department actually fired him from the force and
0: then rehired him. On the arbitration, and, He got his job back. N- I'm not sure if it was an arbitration. Well, yeah, it tried to be arbitration. I mean, usually. But, but he got his job back
2: to kill David Novak or David, David Walker. Walker. And then they gave him the Officer of the Month Award and yeah. gave him a promotion and a raise. They,
0: they always get a promotion to you watch that. I've watched huh. to see, you know. But I wanted to just spend one little minute here talking about David Walker. Do you know who David Walker was? The other David Walker, David Walker appeal? No. That there, there's a guy in the 1800s. Uh, he was considered a Negro. I don't change the name. He wrote an appeal called uh, "An Appeal to the Colored Citizens of the World," uh, and it was about the abolition of uh, enslaved uh, Af- uh, enslaved Negroes. I, I I will never change the history. These people were Negroes. Okay, they were not African Americans. Okay, I <laughs> mean at that time. Uh, and uh, it was in the 1800s. So you look it up. And when I get my money up, I'm going to um do a play i'm gonna bring i'm gonna do a play i'm gonna have somebody do a play on david walker Pew, because our david walker that we're talking about is going to be a tribute to him because i saw the raw footage channel five didn't show you the raw footage i saw it the raw footage at channel five because they didn't have no courage then and the hand david walker hand in the air did not have a knife in it his hand that had a knife in it was by his side i saw the raw footage
2: so, so I I will also say that King Five did air it in its entirety when it broke, but they did not air it afterwards. So okay, I, well then, I was okay. To so you was it privileged to
0: see the raw footage. Okay. His,
2: his hand was up like this, and, up, and, 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 and wiping away the the pepper spray from his eyes. That's right. That's right they that's tried to I just, say that his hand was out lunging. No,
0: no, it was not. No, went it went through not. his arm. Yeah. like right now that's right that's right and the yeah. hand that had the knife in it was by his side exactly. it never was in the air i exactly. saw it exactly i myself reverend mckinney and a few other people that they invited in because i guess they decided they wouldn't know never show it again because i didn't see i didn't see the i didn't see it on the air i saw it i went to, i went to channel five i went to the studio i was invited in and that was the last time I went. i said no i don't go see stuff like this i mean but uh that here's, is here's
2: me. here's the sick thing about that like Here's a man clearly in mental distress.
0: Mental distress because yeah, he was skipping. Skipping, yes. skipping
2: down the street. Yes. Daring officers, go ahead, shoot me, shoot me. I want to die. And then they did. And so that is why we must stand up as a community and and demand more from our police. i than...
0: agree. I'll agree. And David Walker got he, he was failed by all systems. Yeah. Number one, he if he was hungry, he, he you know, he was hungry. So he's totally, but stealing milk in America is not a capital offense. Nope. Okay. Nobody goes to the electric chair for stealing milk and it wound up being a capital offense for him. Uh, uh and, 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 and he was skipping adults. Don't skip. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, because that let, you know, right there, adults don't skip, they might jog, but they don't skip. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, you know, I don't know where his family was, but, but he was a classic case of all the systems failing him. And on the end, he got he got killed because he was hungry. He was hungry. Uh, and that's a tragedy. I, I'm going to do my play. I'm going to have that. i we going to get that money up. We're going to write that. We're going to do a play with David Walker Appeal, and it's going to be dedicated to David Walker because I saw the footage. I'm so not- I understand what you saw because I saw it. Yeah. And I didn't know that they ever ran it. I always say they didn't have enough courage to run it. <laughs> so, you know, you want to say you've got a few minutes. going to talk about your uh, what you're doing.
2: So um, so uh, over here in Spokane, um, I am now um, the chair of the uh, city of Spokane Human Rights Commission. And so I was confirmed uh, by the city council and appointed by the mayor. And our role as the uh, Human Rights Commission is to give advice to the city council and city government about uh, matters pertaining to uh, human rights. And so one of the issues that we are currently working on is um, trying to get um, a new office of civil rights, equity and inclusion up and running. over in Seattle for the past 30 some odd years, you all have had uh, Office of Civil Rights. And it is really impressive because when there's incidences of uh, uh, hate crimes or other civil rights uh, violations, folks over in Seattle can turn to that agency and and get assistance. Sadly, over here in Spokane, we don't have that. The Human Rights Commission that I chair is a volunteer commission we don't have authority to do investigations. And so about a year ago, the city council uh, devoted uh, uh, a budget for a uh, new office of civil rights, equity, inclusion. And right now we're going through the uh, process of trying to hire a director. So I'm excited
0: about that aspect. Wow. Well, that sounds good. And, uh, make sure you let me know about it again. Uh, uh, and, and so we can get you back on and maybe, maybe the person that you all are hiring. Uh, and I just appreciate your time. And, um, you, I learned some things I didn't know about Spokane You know, <laughs> I knew, I knew it was a pretty racist town, like a lot of places are, but, um, I learned some more information and I, I'm just really, I'm glad, I'm glad you were my guests and, uh, we're going to stay connected by David Walker because see, uh, I didn't know that that was you. I didn't know you got drafted to do this work because of David Walker and the own event. So that uh, happened yeah. to you, and I, I, I keep doing this work because I'm going to do that David Walker appeal. Okay. And, uh, and and I and so look up David Walker when you do. Send me an email and what you think about this okay. guy in the 1800s. They 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 killed him too though on the end. <laughs> they took him out, burned so up his have, place. Do
2: you have a script already? No, I don't. No,
0: no, no. I don't have a script. No, no, no. I don't. It's, it's, it's a, It's more than a pipe dream. It's going to be a reality. But okay, look at let's, it. I, I, let's then, make that reality. David, okay. David's calling on us. Oh know? yeah. Well yeah. Dave, this is a, this is providential, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yo, I want to thank you for being on the Mother's Justice Show, and we'll stay together, okay?
2: Thank you so much. It's been a right. pleasure to be on here. Thank
0: you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show at 11 a.m. Kicking in. WM, I'm your host, Reverend Walter. Enjoy spring now. You got to have a keen eye. Go look for all those different colors of green out there. That's what I am an artist. Keen eye. You got to look for it. See you next week. Thank you.